Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, technology that uses artificial intelligence to detect weeds and other crop pests while passing over a field could reduce pesticide use by up to 95%, maintaining crop yield, and saving farmers about $50 per acre per growing season. A $26.2 million project being led by Precision AI, SureGrowth Solutions, Exceed Grain Marketing, and the Global Institute for Food Security have partnered together to invest $13.4 million into this project, with Protein Industries Canada investing the remaining $12.8 million. Dan McCann is the founder and CEO of Precision AI, and Dan will talk about this multi-million dollar project and how it can benefit farmers and the environment. There are numerous resources available to the entire agriculture sector relating to weather and climate conditions. Maps and information about agroclimate, which is the relationship between climate and agriculture, conditions, events and impacts can be accessed at no cost. The information comes from weather stations and satellites, but it's the people on the ground that help to give a true indication of what's going on. Agroclimate specialist for Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, Trevor Hadwin, is with us to talk about how the public can get involved in this important work. After the break, Dan McCann. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. Dan McCann is the founder and CEO of Precision AI. And we're talking about a project that will hopefully make in-crop pest control more cost effective. Dan, how did you get to this point using artificial intelligence to identify and control pests? We started off, uh, Precision AI actually started off uh, getting into the agriculture industry almost by accident. (laughs) Um, we uh, we initially uh, it was a friend of mine. I had a previous company in a totally different sector. Um, it was uh, with the payments company, and uh, and a, a person who used to work for me. Uh, we became friends, and he went off and got a doctorate in artificial intelligence. And we were looking for an interesting uh, application of AI, and we actually came up with an idea to to create a buying and selling tool for uh, using artificial intelligence. And uh, kind of midway through the process, we discovered that this AI was actually extremely good at plant recognition. And so the light bulb kind of went went off, and, and um, we realized that, okay, well, you know, we're in the middle of one of the largest agricultural centers in the world. We've got an AI that, uh, you know, seems to be elite at, at detecting and recognizing plants. You know, there's got to be an ag application for this. And so, you know, my family farms. Um, I don't farm myself. My family, my extended family all farms. Right, everybody around, you know, everybody knows somebody who's got a farm or farms in this area, and so, uh, so I immediately phoned them all up and I said, "Here's the idea, right? If we could use artificial intelligence to recognize each plant in the field and, uh, you know, create a system to, that could spray only the weeds and nothing else, um, would you buy that?" And they said, "Well, yeah, you know, we think, uh, you know, we, we would love that, right? We spend, you should see how much we spend on chemical every year." So we knew we had something, and then so we went off and kind of dove headfirst into the egg sector, and here we are today. So from what I understand, uh, you started this application using drones? Correct, yeah, and we're, we're still actually uh, using drones as, as part of the process, but we've improved it to, to make lives a little bit easier for farmers. Um, so the way it works is we use, actually use a drone and do a drone survey of your field, um, and we've got some special artificial intelligence and technology on that drone. Um, that is capable of, of recognizing even early stage plants. Um, so we can we can do this pretty early in the process. 
And uh, so we'll scan your whole field and we'll actually be able to identify every single weed in that field and where its location is. And then what, we'll, then what we do is we've got, we call it sort of like a retrofit kit or hot rotting your sprayer, we call it internally, kind of joking around. Um, it's a kit that you can just put onto your sprayer, your existing sprayer. <clears throat> and uh, and that will actually allow it so that when you go over your field, instead of spraying absolutely everything, it will only turn the nozzles on and off as you're passing over the weed. Um, so you're just going to spray just the weeds and nothing else. So identifying those weeds must have been quite a process. When I look at my own garden, I see quite a wide variety of weeds there. And it's made more complicated, I guess, because some weeds have similarities, especially at uh, a young stage. So maybe just talk about the process of compiling all of that information that you needed for identification. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty uh, pretty difficult <laughs> to say the least. There, there's all sorts of challenges we encountered in the process. Um, so the, you know, the AI is one thing, but then actually being able to do it in real time on a drone against you know, let's say, have you know, a quarter section of land is is <laughs> is an entirely other thing as well. So there's all sorts of logistical challenges that we had to had to work out in this process. But that's one of the reasons we partnered through this pick project. We partnered with uh, you know, Protein Industries Canada and, and all of our other consortium partners, Global Institute for Food Security, uh, Sherbro Solutions, and Exceed Marketing is is to provide kind of supplemental expertise in, in allowing us to, to help build and develop this technology and, and overcome some of these, these challenges like the ones that you identify. Precision AI, Protein Industries Canada, and uh, several other organizations are part of a project developing this new technology that targets crop pests when spraying a field. So a lot of money is going into this project with support of these partners. The potential really must be quite exciting for you, as I'm sure farmers would be anxious to see the results as well. Oh, absolutely. It's, we, we've had uh, nothing but positive responses. I mean, uh, you know, the, the amount farmers spend every single year on chemical inputs um, is huge, right? And they're spending it every year. And, and what the, most people don't realize is during a traditional spray application, about 80% of what is sprayed just hits the dirt and does nothing, right? So you've got this essential input cost, right, that's absolutely enormous every single year. <laughs> and uh, it operates at, you know, an 80% to 90% inefficiency, right? I mean, it's most of what you do is wasted, and that, that's, uh, you know, it's a horrible expense that they have to bear. And so if our technology can come in and, and sort of save them that money, they're all very, very excited about it, you know, without impacting their yield or having any other negative effects, because we're just sort of improving the efficiency of what they're already doing today. And so they're very, very excited about it, and I think Protein Industries Canada, as well as everybody else here, recognizes the potential. This could be a very transformative approach, not just to you know, make Canadian farmers more competitive, um, but also because you're actually reducing the chemical load in the food supply, right? You're not spraying the crop, and you're not, uh, you're not getting uh, all of those sort of pesticide residues inside the food. So, uh, you know, so it's, a, it's got sort of a dual benefit, both for the environment as well as for the farmer's bottom line. I'm speaking with Dan McCann, the founder and CEO of Precision AI. Dan, I understand this project is for, uh, I guess, projecting a 95% reduction in pesticide use. Uh, that's the goal? That's the goal, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to take a while to get to that full full benefit. But we think, you know, kind of on day one, we'll be able to achieve about 80 to 90% and then you know, in about uh, three to four years, once this project is complete, we should be up to that 95. Yeah. And you're also talking about uh, saving to farmers of uh, $52 per acre. So that's significant. 
Yeah, that's that's where we're targeting to get to about that. I mean, it kind of depends on, on the, the crop you've planted and the inputs that you use, but uh, but uh, generally that's the target that we're hitting. So yeah, to, to, you know, a thousand acre farming operation, you know, could save almost fifty thousand dollars a year. And if you can think about you know the small farmers out there, um, if you could save fifty thousand dollars a year, that is an absolute game changer in terms of your profitability. Very interesting. Uh $26.2 million project. What is going to happen over the course of this th- three years? Yeah, so the project goes until March of 2023. And uh, the, the objective of this is to not only uh, develop and perfect this technology for Canadian broadacre farmers, um, but also to develop an ecosystem around it. Um, so I alluded to this earlier, but it uh, but it's a big part of this project as well, is that, uh, you know, if you can spray just the weeds and not get the chemical into the commodity... Uh, what you're actually doing is you're creating almost a new class of commodity, right? A new class of grain that doesn't exist. So today in the market, you've got, you know, organics, which are, you know, very expensive and very hard to grow and uh, almost impossible at broad acre scales because of all the different, you can't use pesticides and, you know, all sorts of the different requirements. Um, and then you've got kind of everything else. And that's the binary choice that you have. Uh, what we're doing with this technology is we're saying, no, there, there's a third type of commodity that's somewhere in between, you know, your run-of-the-mill commodity where you don't know what's in it and organics. And that's the sustainably grown, healthier, low-chemical commodity, right? So you know that that when you're, you know, eating ingredients that have come from this particular farm that hasn't, that, that has used our technology, you're going to get less pesticide in your food. And so what we're seeing is that... Uh, Downstream buyers right now are are really res- responding to this consumer demand. Uh, right? Like they, everybody's awakening to what they put in their body, and everybody wants healthier ingredients in their food. So, it, so it becomes a competitive advantage to buy ingredients that have less chemical residue. And so, so what this uh, this ecosystem is doing is not only lowering those costs for the farmer, but also trying to create this market on the other end for these low chemical commodities. Um, so that um, you know that the farmers can also realize potentially a premium. Right. So, in other words, for example, an extra, let's say, quarter of a bushel, as an example, just because their their commodities have low, less pesticide residue in them, and so so this project involves sort of that entire ecosystem. I think it's also important to note that the goal is also to retrofit existing sprayers. You're not talking about farmers having to make a big investment. Correct. Yeah, we, we, we found that important, and that's the advantage of being located in Saskatchewan or located is, is you, you can talk to farmers and you know how farmers work and farmers think, and having something that's going to save them a lot of money, but if they have to go off and spend a half million dollars on a new piece of equipment, that, that you know, it doesn't really help them very much. Um, so what we really wanted to do is to, is to find a solution for them, um, for the farmers that actually leverage their existing investments already, that they don't have to go off and spend money on a new piece of equipment. They can just improve the efficiency of the equipment they already have. And that's where you can really start seeing the cost, the cost savings. So Dan, uh, a lot of work has been done and uh, much to do in the next three years. We're just really excited to to be part of this project. I'm really excited to be part of Protein Industries Canada and, and uh, all the other consortium partners and everybody else who's helped us with this project. And we're looking very, very much look forward to uh, making an impact on the Canadian farming industry. Dan McCann is the founder and CEO of Precision AI. After the break, Trevor Hadwin with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada shares the work of the Agri-Climate Service and the important role that citizen science plays in helping scientific research by providing information from your own specific area. 
Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Trevor Hadwin is an agriclimate specialist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. First of all, Trevor, Agriclimate Service, uh, maybe just talk a little bit about this organization. Don't want to be confused with Environment Canada. You're two separate entities. Yeah, um, we collect a whole bunch of agri-climate data or climate data and target it towards the agricultural industry specifically. Uh, Environment Canada provides most of our data. Um, We collect other data as well, but uh, we, we utilize Environment Canada's data for our main sources but they don't provide the agri-climate services that we do. Uh, we, we try to target the agricultural industry as much as we can and provide assistance to our producers right across the country. So other than Environment Canada, what other tools are at your disposal to collect data? Yeah, we, we use a whole lot of different tools. Uh, we collect data from Environment Canada and other climate producers. Uh, so there's, there's private industry and provinces that provide climate data to us. But in addition to those, um, we, we use satellite information, um, a wide variety of different types of satellites uh, from uh, microwave satellites to radar to uh, visual spectrum. Um, all different types uh, to help us gauge uh, what's going on out there in, in terms of the land cover and how it's producing. Um, and we also use uh, individual producers uh, to help ground truth some of our information and provide some important information on the impacts that they're seeing on their farms. And uh, that helps us relate information back to the, the reality of the agricultural industry. And part of uh, your organization's work also involves creating maps. Uh, that's just one component of it, right? Yeah, we, we create a whole lot of different maps, um, anywhere from just our, our precipitation and temperature maps uh, to various models that we produce, uh, such as a soil moisture model or, or a wide variety of drought indice models or, or anything like that. Um, but we also produce maps uh, directly from the producer's comments with our agri-climate impact uh, surveys. Um, so our AIR program, our agri-climate impact reporter uh, program, uh, provides the opportunity for producers to tell us exactly what's happening on their farm and provides uh, direct feedback uh, into the Government of Canada to help us uh, develop some of the programs and uh, policies that are going to help producers directly. So that's a very important piece of what we do. Uh, we, we collect information directly from the producers. We map that information. We provide that out to uh, to the industry. And um, those maps are used in a whole lot of different ways. Uh, and a, a lot of them that we uh, are surprised at all the time. We, we see producers using them uh, for determining where to buy feed for their cattle or where to ship um, their feed in terms of uh, or, or market their their feed for other producers uh we we uh typically work with uh cn rail and and cp rail in terms of where to um the logistics of where to put some of their green cars in times of of uh, bumper crops Uh, we work with uh, a variety of chemical uh, companies and they use our products uh, to determine where the the products need to be placed uh uh, for their logistics as well. And a lot of insurance companies and reinsurance uh, utilize our products, um, and especially the 
the impact products to uh, determine where there might be issues uh, throughout the year. I'm speaking with agri-climate specialist Trevor Hadwin. Uh, Trevor, one program that your organization plays uh, a key role in is the Livestock Tax Deferral Program, which is really important for cattle producers that are dealing with drought or or excess moisture. So maybe you could explain a little bit about the role that you play in the development of that. Yeah, so our, our group, the National Agri-Climate Information Service with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, is a group that uh, provides recommendations to our programs group uh, with response to livestock tax deferral, as well as other uh, weather-related agri-recovery programs and, and other things like that. Um, we go through a, a wide analysis of drought and excess moisture uh, through our normal processes, Um and uh, we provide those recommendations up to our programs branch on a, on a monthly or, or bi-monthly basis, depending on the needs um, throughout the year. Uh, so that program benefits producers that need to uh, dispose of some of their cattle uh, through sales uh, due to feed supply issues that are usually related to excess moisture or drought. Um, so all the information that we collect and, and do our monitoring on um, the the climate information, the satellites, the the, the um, modeled and the impact data, all gets put into those assessments and um, is is very helpful in terms of determining where the issues are exactly and and how we can help. Um, one of the the key things about the agroclimate impact reporter. Uh, program is that producers can provide that imp- information directly. Uh, so, as most of us know, we we don't have real good coverage uh, of stations in Canada. Canada is a very big country, um, and our climate stations um, provide excellent data where they are. But uh, climate is variable, and and don't the climate stations don't necessarily represent all regions of the country appropriately. Um, so. By getting information directly from producers, um, that has often helped us uh, narrow in on certain areas that might not be covered by climate stations or some of our models appropriately and help us include those people into uh, various programs, including livestock tax deferral. So it truly is a a combination of science and eyes on the ground. Absolutely. Uh, We're we're a group that... uh, that has a lot of a variety of scientists uh, looking at this, and um, we we do take the data into place. But our our analysis isn't a model; it isn't a direct uh, assessment model where we plug in information and uh, come up with a number. Uh, we're we're looking at this from a holistic point of view and trying to incorporate as much data and as much. Um, quantitative and qualitative data as possible uh, to ensure that we're assisting as many producers as possible and uh, as appropriately as possible. So it's absolutely referred to as a citizen science or crowdsource science. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, And crowdsource data provides extremely valuable information for us. Trevor, there's a lot of great information, including those maps. So for anyone who has an had the opportunity to access this free, and I emphasize free information, uh, where can we find it? Yeah, you can just Google Drought Watch, um, or it's www.agr.gc.ca. 
www.ca slash drought. So it's the Agriculture Canada's Drought Watch website. And there's a whole lot of different information there um, from our agri-climate maps, which uh, we produce probably about 500 of those every day uh, on various indicators and and various data pieces. Uh, Then we can look at the agri-climate impact reporter maps, and and those are provided directly from the data that uh, we gather from producers. Um, There's also satellite information there uh, and their monthly drought analysis through the Canadian Drought Monitor. All that information is is viewable on that website and and publicly available. And I guess the greater number of the reporters, really the more reliable that data becomes. So information on signing up is also available on the website? Yes, absolutely. If if, uh, you're interested in providing information to the Agri-Climate Impact Reporter, um, it's a quick and easy survey. Uh, It's about five minutes uh, of your time, and it provides a great deal of information for us. And and all the information that we're asking is stuff that you're going to know off the top of your head. We're just asking, are you dealing with feed supplies? Are you issues? Are you dealing with water supply issues? Is drought impacting you in another way? Um, All those type of things that producers are, are relatively uh, aware of uh, in their area and uh, can provide answers really quickly. And again, the information is invaluable for us. And the more more information we have, the, the better ch- the chance we are going to uh, get the assessments right and uh, be able to provide the proper assistance to the uh, industry. The surveys are done at the end of every month, so uh, if you're interested, uh, please do sign up for the survey. Uh, you can go and do them whenever you want, but all the data is collected the last uh, last day of the month and, and provided up on the website within a, a few days. So uh, if you're looking for updates on the conditions uh, as of early September, um, they will be updated uh, probably by the 2nd or 3rd of September. and and uh, the data will be there for you to view. Uh, If you have any questions, uh, please do visit our website. Uh, We do have an email address there, um, and you can uh, contact me directly. I've been speaking with Trevor Hadwin, an agriclimate specialist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. It's time for the Agriculture News Roundup for the week of August 17th. An outbreak of COVID-19 at a Cargill meat processing facility in Calgary was reported to be under control. Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health said five cases of coronavirus had been found at Case Ready Meats. A Cargill spokesperson said the last recorded case among Case Ready's 400 workers was August 10th, and the plant is open and running at full capacity. The plant prepares meat products for sale in Western Canadian supermarkets and is separate from Cargill's slaughterhouse in High River. Maple Leaf Foods announced that pork exports to China were suspended on a voluntary basis due to recent protocols adopted by the Chinese government for Canadian processors on COVID-19. Any plant reporting a positive coronavirus case must suspend exports temporarily. The company said short-term increases in absenteeism would be a short-term situation and not a material financial event. Exports of Saskatchewan products had been impacted since the start of COVID-19. One area that weathered the storm has been the agriculture and agri-food sector. 
Saskatchewan Trade and Export Partnership President and CEO Chris Decker said over the first six months of the year, province-wide exports were down by roughly 3%, but non-petroleum exports, which includes agriculture, had an increase of roughly 6.4%. Decker said some areas were phenomenal, a 160% increase in peas going to China, a 189% increase in lentils to India as well as a substantial increase in canola oil sales to Japan. Cereals Canada announced the appointment of its senior leadership team. Dean Dias will lead the organization as chief executive officer, with Cam Dahl serving as chief strategy officer. Cereals Canada will now be focusing on developing a new strategic plan and completing a branding review, engaging with member staff and the industry at large. Cereals Canada merged with the Canadian International Grains Institute earlier this year. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.